Welcome to the High Fidelity Podcast. I am super stoked today. We have the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. <laughs> Ethan Wong in the building. If you don't know, now you know. You damn right. That's a biggie reference uh, from the song Juicy. Uh, Ethan is a uh, man of many trades. I, I don't think I would do a sufficient job describing exactly how many things this guy can do. So, oh, Ethan, man. please introduce yourself. Oh, Tell yeah. us about who you are, what you do, and uh, how we met. I'm, I'm, it's really interesting to finally meet people that you first meet online right, in person. Right, right. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm Ethan M. Wong. I think I branded the M in there um, because I think there's a lot of Ethan Wongs. You know, you know like you, you Google yourself, you know, when you're a kid, and there's a bunch of, like, other Chinese people there. I'm, I'm half Chinese, half Filipino. And so... I guess the M, uh, my, my middle name is Magnai. It's like a family Filipino name. So it's like a way of like in- putting that in there. So I'm Ethan M. Wong. That's that's me. I I, uh, I guess I do do a lot of stuff. I never really thought of it you that do way. Do I stuff. do. I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a menswear writer. I am a, also a photographer. I, um, in my free time, I, I used to write um, scores for my friend's short films. Uh, I, I paint when I can. Um, I guess my life has been kind of uh, described by being creative, or at least in pursuit of creativity in a sense. You know, um, I grew. I, you know, being a Filipino person, um, my, even my Chinese side of my family was born in the Philippines, so I consider myself uh, culturally Filipino. Right. Um, they all work in like healthcare, hmm. um, and so I never really was into that uh, yeah. growing up, and uh, so being able to like push my life in pursuit of like arts or, or artsy endeavors in a sense has been like kind of like what I've been trying to position myself in my life into being you know but I did I did study accounting in college and um well jokes on them jokes on the accounting department because I definitely do not do any of that <laughs> anymore that being said uh if many of the brands and purveyors that we both support did not have good bookkeeping and uh pay their taxes on time uh, they would have gone down the route of the Wesley Snipes and the MC Hammers of the world. <laughs> so pay your taxes, yes. manage your books. Yes. You don't necessarily need to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did that change happen from accounting to now working in the men's work space? Oh. You're not just an enthusiast. Like you actually work for yeah, a yeah, very I do. Yeah, respected yeah. brand. So. Right, yeah. So right now I'm the social media manager for Ascot Chang. They are a bespoke uh, shirt and suit company. They've been around since like 19... 19- I should know this. Uh, if they're listening, Justin, I'm sorry. But I know that we did 65 years, I think, one or two years ago. 65 so. years yeah. plus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I do their social and um, copywriting and now e-commerce copywriting and stuff like that. Um, but I originally wanted to be – not maybe not wanted. I was – Suggested to becoming a lawyer when I was like in high school. I, okay. I like to argue a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just a difficult person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As my mom would probably say. And so my mom was like, yeah, go, go be a lawyer. But obviously you can't just go straight into law school. You have to study something in undergrad, right? Right. And she's like, well, you know, financial law people make a lot of money. That's right. So why don't you do accounting as an undergrad? I'm like, I, I went to college at 16. I graduated high school pretty early. Um, I... the it has there's nothing real crazy about it i just started grade school at like five and my birthday's in the summer so it kind of just happened that way i was just kind of younger than everybody else Mm. um and so i i went to school it's called la sierra university it is in riverside it's christian my family um or at least my grandparents are very christian um so i went to the school because i was young i had 
I think I got a scholarship to go to UCI, but none of my friends are going there. And I'm like, oh, as a 16-year-old guy who has no idea what he's doing, I'm going to go where my friends are going. I think that's a very natural inclination. <laughs> yeah. I kind of regret it now because it's a little bit of a closed box in yeah. you know, a Christian school. Um, you know, But I, I went to I did accounting. I was decently good at it. Um, I mean, I think I'm a good student in general. I love learning. Um, but I think I remember I got a, I got a, um, an internship mm. during um, – after my sophomore year, so right before my junior year, I worked at an accounting firm, a local one, not, not like one of the big four that people always try to go to. I got one that was like in Glendale, near where I live in Pasadena. Okay. And, uh, oh, God, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. I mean, I, got, I was able to do a lot of different stuff. I did yeah. like I did bookkeeping for some of the clients there. Right. I did a couple of taxes. Um, I helped with an audit, just kind of organized the papers to send to the IRS and everything. And I'm like, even, we worked four days a week. Okay. For 10 hours because, uh, you know, that way we would be off three days, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this is God fucking awful, dude. I yeah. can't I can't do this. And I remember, like, near the end of it, I had kind of like a heart-to-heart talk with a couple of people who worked there. It was very small, family-owned. Like, the dad, his son, and then, like, his son's best friend all worked at this place. Hmm. And they all said, like, if you don't like it, like, don't do it. Like, we all, like, like the owner of it was like, I love I love taxes. Like, I love trying to find ways for people to save money. Yeah. Loopholes. I find it's a cool challenge when guys like, oh, I love being, or, or you know, organizational and everything like that. And I'm like, wow, this is like kind of hitting me right now. Yeah. And I walked in my um, the junior year, my third year, into my advisor's office, and I'm like, and I was about to, about to say like how I was feeling, mm. and I'm like, oh, so, you know, you're you're done after this year, and I'm like, holy shit. That's not right. This is the beginning of my third year. Like, no, like, you might have to overload or take one extra class one quarter, but if you just take normal four classes, five classes a quarter, you're done. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, what am I supposed to do now? Right. Because I'm like, I was thinking, like, what am I going to do? Should I change my major now? Should I, like, do something? And my parents were, like, not having that. They're like, you're going to finish this thing, you mm. know? Because they're also going to pay for my brother to go to college, you know, and everything like that. And, That's right. You know, and I felt, you know, all, you know, you have like family obligations and everything like that. Um, I was able to, because of my good grades, to keep cost of, of going to school down. Right. And I'm like, you know, like, what, what am I supposed to do now? Mm. So I ended up finishing with accounting. Yeah. And near the end, of, I think like the last quarter, I applied to doing an MBA just to like to kind of pivot. Sure. In, in the end, I wish I kind of like just tried to get into marketing right away because I think a lot of people end up working something totally unrelated to their major all the time but at the time i i was like what 19 years old 20 years old i'm like i had no idea you know some people start college at 19 years old that's right you know so i'm like all i can think of to do is just go back to school and i was gonna do hr because i knew i started like talking to people yeah but uh the funny thing was is that two quarters before the end i was in a business law class and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm like, I'm like paying attention. I'm using air quotes for people who can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I, you know, I loved it. I got a good grade in the class. Yeah. But I remember sitting there. I'm like, you know what? I should do right now. I should start a blog. And that the success quotation marks or just me enjoying it, me, you know, curating that kind of thing was what led me to go like, you know what? Marketing seems kind of cool. It's like communication. You get to work with people. Yeah. Um, I was always kind of creative. Like, um, like I said earlier, I did film scores for my friends because I, I, I made friends with the people in the film department. Um, my, I did accounting because my parents were like, you are not going to go to school for film and you're not going to go to school for music. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. But I like that idea of 
crafting narrative, you yes. know, yes. and doing stuff. You know, oh, I wasn't a good filmmaker, but I loved music at at the time, and I still do. Um, so that all of it kind of informed that kind of decision to kind of like maybe an MBA in marketing with a, or with a focus in marketing would be what I would do. And then yeah. I, I did that. I enjoyed the classes. And then uh, I ended up getting the job at Ascot Chang like shortly before I graduated. Wow. Like, kind of just, yeah. So like Justin, the son of the current owner, it's third generation. Yeah. The guy's actually named Ascot Chang, his grandfather. Wow. I, I mean, that's not his like Chinese name, I don't think. But like, you know, that's just what it was. Um he happened to be visiting um, his now wife's family who lived in Arcadia, which is kind of a fun Asian SoCal right. thing, you yeah. know? That's a food destination for all the folks that don't know. <laughs> yeah. You want some good Asian food. Yeah. It's popping over there. SGV, dude. That's where it is. <laughs> yeah, SGV. That's right. <laughs> I was just there like yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was there and we ended up meeting. He's like, hey, do you want to like talk? And I, we yeah. talked about it and he asked me like what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, like I would. I want to do marketing. I want to do branding and stuff like that. He's like, so you don't want to work like on the sales. I'm like, well, I don't mind it, but I did kind of move my business career in that direction. So he took me on and then that's where I am now, Mm. you know, but the blog is kind of what got me to like doing the whole pivot kind of thing. Yeah. It's a weird story. I think it's a really important thing. We were talking about this before we started the recording, but the, the pressure I feel sometimes is that you know we're surrounded by people with a lot of real <laughs> curated or yeah, yeah, fabricated yeah, yeah, influence yeah, yeah. no matter depending on what your uh, your opinion is yep. but bottom line is that is it ever too late to start something even if you know there's already a crap ton of people already doing it so if it's a blog i mean blogs have been around a long time yeah 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 i mean yeah, the yeah. fact that we're we're recording this podcast and podcasts have been around uh, <laughs> even it it really started like uh, having a name for itself shortly after Will Smith's wonderful album, <laughs> the, the Willennium. So none of this shit's new. Yeah, but we yeah, do yeah. it because we love it. Of course. So for you, uh, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you oh, have man. a decent social media following. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 very interesting because like so I always consider myself um, kind of late to certain things. Okay. Um, for people who don't really follow menswear a lot, like menswear blog because of the sartorialist who was like a street photographer he was a, he was like a real photographer but he started like this blog of yeah. just posting pictures of people on the street in new york which is always cool he started like a 2007 something about like around that time yeah he was huge yeah him yeah. tommy ton all those guys you all know all of it 2007 to like early 2010s that's when like blogging like took off yeah like a rocket ship work. yeah exactly and I was 2007. I was in like seventh grade. You know? I, was, <laughs> I, I was doing like playing Maple Story and, and doing, you know, and, you know, playing Call of Duty, you know, getting yeah. on that Modern Warfare 2, you know, yeah. represent. Um, yeah. But so like I, I was late to the whole thing and mm-hmm. I got into vintage clothing like a little bit in like 2011 or kind of like when the Gatsby movie came out a yeah. little bit. I heard about like Dapper Day, which if you're in SoCal is a big, well, I don't know about big, but like it's a thing people go to. It's like you dress up, you go to Disneyland and they've since evolved to go into like museums oh. and stuff. So because Dapper Day isn't a Disney thing, they're very clear that this is not like a Disney yeah. cosplay. This is like about going to things dressed up. Yeah. And Main Street USA kind of has a throwback vibe. So yeah, it does. It you're does. wearing your seersucker and all that stuff. Right, it kind of right, fits. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I mean, yeah. it was it was started because the uh, so the guy who made it, Justin Jorgensen, he's like an he's like an artist or designer. I forgot what he is exactly. Yeah. But he came across the old archive of Disney um, 
concept art for right. Disneyland. And he saw, hey, people dressed up back then. And people did. You look at like Life magazine. I think there was one really good oh, yeah. one, which was like prom 1961, where kids would go to Disneyland and they would dress up because that's what they did. You that's know? Right. And he's like, we should do something like that. So like that was a big deal. Like I discovered that almost right around when it started mm. and being exposed to like all that style. I'm like, whoa, people can like dress up and yeah. do stuff. And so like I got into menswear like that way. Yeah. Like I did not start off with style form, ask Andy about clothes. Like none of that. I didn't read Bruce Boyer. Yeah. I don't even think he knows who I am. He's like a big, he's like the style writer guy. He's a big deal for people yeah. who don't know. Um, but like, yeah, I got into it super late. Um, like articles of style is a big one. Um, who's a blog who's now become like a made to measure brand in his own right. Yeah. Um, I, I think I found him like that was my way of getting to like ma- mainstream menswear, you know, yeah. not like vintage. And I mean, I was on Tumblr as well, but like that was like also after when Tumblr came out, you know? And so it wasn't like, I never had the idea of like, Oh, I'm too late. I was like, I'm just going to do my own, my own thing. Yeah. You know, I it did start out with me posting pictures in a vintage Facebook group mm-hmm. um, of me like wearing, vintage clothing and I kind of got a little bit of clout from it because like number one I was pretty young I was like around maybe like not not, not like 15 but like like 17 years old yeah you know I was like in college starting to like you know be my own person in my in my academy days I went through a Christian academy K through 12 Mm. Um, we had uniform right and so uh, even then back then I was like I wish people at my school saw me on weekends. Not that my style was cool. Like, I was still wearing, like, plaid shorts, you know, yeah. maybe, like, a fedora as, like, a neckbeard kind of thing. I'm a huge <laughs> nerd. Um, but, like, I was always, like, I got to I gotta show people, like, who I am and everything. Yeah. And vintage clothing was one way to be, like, okay, it's a suit, but it's not corporate, you know. Like, no. Back then, people had suits for, like, every occasion, multiple fabrics, almost, like, as a trend. Like, you know, it, it was kind of, like, foreshadowing the menswear industry that I would yeah. get into later on, you know. So, like, getting into it that way, meeting people um, who collected vintage, I learned it through them, like, oh, don't wear um, brown shoes with a black suit. Like, they told me that. It wasn't, like, some online guide infographic thing, you know? And so, eventually, I was, like, getting all these ideas, and I was like, you know, someone should write about this kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. from a vintage perspective, you know? And I didn't want it to be, like we said earlier, about, like, the curating content, like, trying to be famous or anything. I was like, this is for, like, the people in my college who happen to know me and see me posting on Facebook. This is, like, for them. I'm going to write it from my point of view. Yeah. You know, if someone would be like, hey, Ethan, why do you dress so well? Or how do you know to do that? Read my blog. Like, just go there. Yeah. And so um, I didn't do it until that fateful business law class. Because I remember me and my friend, um, Tim... He's a big streetwear, or I don't know about now, but he was a streetwear kind of guy, sneakerhead kind of thing. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with him. We were driving to San Francisco. We had, like, barely met. We had mutual friends that we were going to go visit. And so, we're like, why don't we go together? Um, he came to my house after a rave, which was, like, he, he was so tired. But when he finally <laughs> woke up en route to San Francisco, we, we yeah. talked about, like, what we wanted to do. Mm. And we were like, oh, well, I like kind of menswear stuff. He likes kind of like uh, streetwear. We should make a thing together. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it didn't feel like we were late. We were just like, we should just do our do our thing. And that's how the name of the blog came about. It was Street X Sprezza, where Sprezza stands for Sprezzatura, which is like studied carelessness. It's an Italian term for looking very natural and stuff. It's a very also hashtag menswear, like, like buzzword for SEO kind huge. of thing. Huge. 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 Um, so we, we started it. Or I was like, you know, what? I'm going to start it right now. And we started working on it together. We went to Dapper Day. We took pictures of people, like street style, because 
you know, Dapper Day isn't really a menswear thing. It's kind of like a very civilian kind of thing to do. So I did stuff like that. I talked about like the vintage stores I went to and my friend would talk about his style a little bit, but I could tell like he really wasn't as into it as I was. Mm. You know, he was kind of more of a photographer. He's like an IG photographer now. I know he does like a regular day job, um, but his feed is a lot of bikini clad girls. He lives in Hawaii. So it's oh, like, well. you know, yeah. I mean, it's easy money. All those bloggers there, you know, they they want our influencers. Cow. They yeah. want that. That's you right. know, So he was starting to pivot that way even when we were like about to graduate college. Mm. And so the blog kind of just became my own thing. And, uh, yeah, I felt like the right time to do everything. I just, I never thought it would get to be famous. I mean, I did all the right things in my head. Like I linked to it on my Facebook. I put it on those vintage Facebook groups because I knew that the vintage people would want to read this. You know, um, I posted in the Fedora lounge, which, oh yeah, that was a, that was a thing before. Yeah. I mean, I posted like twice and I'm like, this is not for me, Yeah, you know? And I, I, we talked about this earlier too, where I, or maybe we didn't, I don't remember, but like, it's a common thing for me to say, like, even though I liked vintage clothing, I was never a vintage minded person. Right. You know, I mean, not just in the terms of like, I like video games and like watching modern movies. I'm also like, I'm not like, those people tend to be kind of conservative and everything. And I'm definitely not that kind of person. Yeah. And so, um, everything after that kind of, kind of went naturally to me, you know, um, articles of style actually found me on Instagram and they featured me on their on their feed. They wrote a little, a little profile about me. So, I read that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You can you can find it. It's a, you, you can hear me talk about how I was in college and I was doing accounting. And you can kind of see like in my comments to people who are responding to it later on that I'm kind of pivoting away from that. So it's a cool like 2015 moment in time for me. Yeah. You know? um, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of like in pursuit of like I want people to know what I know yeah you know it's still a free WordPress site I don't pay for ads on it in fact whenever I link it on reddit and I'm a big I'm a very active person on male fashion advice which is one of the big subreddits for menswear oh yeah men's fashion in general you know I, I I'm in there because I enjoy it I like the people that are on there so whenever I post it there I'm always like hey you guys use an ad blocker if you want to like I want to make sure that you're just reading the content don't look at whatever WordPress wants you to see based on your cookies like it doesn't matter to me I'm not making money off it I'm just relaying information that right. I think is important and the information that I put on there is always like what I it's like a personal journey to me like mm-hmm. I don't really think of my like whenever I write about like I'm wearing penny loafers I don't write about the history of the penny loafer because that's been done to death everywhere that's right. every brand Alden you know Heritage brands who make shoes will hire a freelance writer to write about their history of the penny loafer. That's you right. can just link to the let shit. I just write about saying, I saw these things. They're cool. This is what they look like. They have a little strap on there. This is why. Here's some pictures that I've looked at that have that thing in there. And then here's me doing it. You know, that was also a big thing, too. Like, I want to make sure that whatever I talk about, I am actually wearing it. Yes. I don't like reposting content. Uh, I hate listicle content. Yeah. You know, um, and I feel like. You shouldn't talk about something that you have no thunder over, you know, like Mm. it's like it's like, you know, like I I can kind of see why you you know, the other direction of it, you know, some people can have opinions like you don't have to be a filmmaker to have an opinion about film. Right. uh, Which is, you know, or something about music or any kind of form of art. But if you want to kind of persuade people on something, I think that you should have a little bit of, of thunder and a little bit of experience with the whole thing, you know. So, like, if I want to say. You should wear white socks because it's a it's an ivy thing. You know, it's not like you're wearing gym socks. It's a thing people did that look cool. It also has this kind of analogous um, 
relation to like punk style where people wear like black jeans and white socks with like Doc Martens. I see it that way. That's what I'm trying to relate to you. You know, it's it's a little bit of everything all together. And then I here's me doing it. I'm not just showing you pictures of other people doing it. I'm like, trust me, because I do. I walk out the door wearing this. Like if I can have confidence wearing this thing, you can do it, too. You yeah. know? And that's how the whole thing kind of came about. I feature all my friends who have great style, you know, like that's also one way if I don't wear it myself, I will show someone else wearing it that I've actually met and talked to. Like I don't, I wouldn't repost some like famous model wearing Uh, like a turtleneck. I'll wear, I'll show a friend wearing a turtleneck that I don't necessarily own myself, but I actually like it. I also, I wouldn't take a picture of it if I didn't like it, you know? So in, in that sense, the blog has been a very personal project of mine. Um, I, I slip in anecdotes about myself in there. I wrote, I have a big, long um, article on photography that I wrote about, like, how I got into photography, how I view photography in the menswear space, and then how it relates to my current work. And, you know, you don't have to write 6,000 words mm. on photography, you know, but I did it anyway because I, I felt the need to tell that that narrative. You know, I don't really... I give, like, kind of no fucks of what people think about, like, the writing. If you if you don't want to read it, you don't have to read it, you That's know? right, yeah. That's, that's like, my, my biggest thing. And so it kind of helped a little bit, um, not recently, but, like, you know, even, like, midway between now and when the blog started, like, becoming my own person. Because mm. I did try, like we talked before, about trying to be, like, that influencer kind of clout-chasing kind of person. Yeah. And after I did one, um, which was a bowtie brand by this uh, pre- preppy... I don't know what, what they are. I can't remember the name, so it's probably good that I don't name drop yeah, them or yeah, whatever. Yeah, let's, let's not, let's yeah. not flame people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they gave me stuff... I mean, they were 100% silk, but I didn't, like, like it. But yeah. I said yes because, like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're that's check- part of the rule book. Yeah, get, you're get, checkmarking get everything. advertisers, get, get the affiliations, mm-hmm. make a little bank, whatever you're supposed to be doing. Yep, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I felt weird wearing a anchor print bow tie with, like, whatever I was wearing. Yeah. Uh, and even though my outfits back then weren't like the level that they are now, I mean, it was still maybe like super skinny, but kind of trendy. But even though I was like, what this bow tie does not jive with what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and I think ever since then, I was like, I don't want that feeling of me kind of like selling out or. Yes. Or like copywriting for my like, I don't think of my blog as copywriting. Like It's just me writing. You know, it's yeah. not my job. It's my hobby. And if you're introducing aspects of like chasing after the dollar in that it gives you that, that weird feeling inside you know and I, I i was like i'm not doing that ever again you yeah. know i mean i've since done stuff where people have given me things but i genuinely like that stuff i've met them before they are friends of mine um one in particular was a uh it's a bag by clark and barba they're a local um leather maker uh couple in Culver City, mm. um, he he was a marketing person before. And now he's he taught himself leather making, super yeah. cool. And he liked my blog and my podcast. And he was like, "Hey, we want to make a bag with you, and then we can sell it." And I was like, even then, I was like, "You can just make me the bag. Like, we don't have to work out some weird e-commerce thing." We kind of did. I don't think people have bought a lot of it though. Um, but I I didn't care. I was like, yeah, I think people would really enjoy this thing, and the option is always going to be there. Right. So we we made a bag. To, I des- we designed uh, with with spent my friend Spencer. How we made a bag. It's like a cool leather tote bag. You know, I use it at work. I don't have it with me today because I, I, I switch bags. Yeah. Kind of, like, kind of like how women have different purses for different. Oh, I got things. lots of bags. Too. Oh yeah, every yeah. but not women. Everyone, everyone does it. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So it was like, uh, it's it's a really cool bag, and I'm very proud of it. And um, I kind of wish people bought it, but I think that a lot of my audience is kind of the same financial realm as I am. Like, 
a lot of people in menswear, and we were talking about this before too, like the people who consume it are in a very different price or financial yeah. bracket, you know, than some other people, especially compared to some of the artisans who actually make the stuff too. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been cool to kind of like get my friends to kind of appreciate clothing yeah. and then that way as like an investment as opposed to, uh, you know, being trendy. And so if the bag still exists when we are all in that financial bracket, I mean, it's not, it's not an expensive bag. It's, it's also just not a H and M tote bag, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a decently priced stuff where they make them, it make it themselves in Culver city in like the back room of their house, yeah. you know? But, uh, it's been cool to like work with people like that. And, um, you know, I have a friend who is a uh, Cody Willema. He's a hat maker in Pasadena right near where I live. Uh, I did some stuff with him because uh, before he had a camera, I, w- I would do his stuff. I, mm. It started out as like a um, I was doing an article about vintage ties and why I like them. And mm. I have vintage ties, but I think other people have cool ties, too. And I said, hey, we haven't really talked before. I've seen you at other vintage menswear events. Um, can I photograph some of your ties? He goes, sure. We brought it. We started talking. I really like the stuff. So I stopped by every weekend to like just hang out shoot the shit take some pictures and then um he used them all in his social media and it kind of it kind of was like a it's not symbiotic but like a very good relationship yeah, where it's complimentary a complimentary that's the right word for it yeah where he would um he started to do work with menswear brands like not just vintage people who wanted a cool vintage looking hat like brands that were like we want a bespoke hat made of like real material and he does yeah. he makes it in the back part of his shop um it's kind of crazy like 10 hours for you know for like a hat or something like that that might be mm-hmm. over exaggeration but um but like hit my work on his feed and his website put me in the realm of um other menswear stuff you know like bryceland's the armory which are big deals in the contemporary menswear space and um it worked out for both of us he got to do work you know with them and I got to show my work to these people which I think is how I got the job at Ascot Chang eventually because mm-hmm. Ascot Chang makes shirts for the armory right. you know it's a very small uh, niche um, community and industry um, but uh, as a thank you he made me a as a, made me a hat mm. um, and it's like the best hat I've ever had like I've collected vintage fedoras in my you know when I was starting out but it's like the best hat I've ever <laughs> I ever have and there's know. a there's a story there there's a connection there exactly yeah. exactly and I think that's that's something super important and uh, special about this kind of niche of niche market in menswear where um, you know they're not they're kind of independent it's not like Tom Ford it's not like a big brand it's like you're 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 getting to know the artist and behind the clothing you know yeah. some of that is a bit more commercialized like there's a company called Ring Jacket who is one of the best in my opinion and they they have a factory in Osaka I think and they're they, you know they're big in Japan they kind of in the past like 20 years kind of started going to uh, the United States market um, through the armory which is why the armory is a big deal yeah um but there is that sense of like of like family history there you know it's not it's not as uh, I don't have anything wrong with like designer stuff I don't I don't wear it myself but it's a little bit more special to me you know yeah. and especially coming from a from a form of like vintage clothing where you would your story was you would find it at this vintage store or maybe someone had that that suit before you that shirt you know you would I think I remember a guy saying that he bought a suit in like pristine condition and he went in the pocket and it was a picture of the guy wearing the suit on his wedding day wow and that was super cool and you know he's kept it with him like inside the suit pocket because it's a cool thing you know if he would ever to pass it on I would hope that the next person who has that suit would find the same joy and value in that same thing yeah you know so like it's very it's all very interconnected like or I feel like I'm very in the middle between 
I, I like vintage fashion. I love 1940s, 60s, whatever. Um, I'm wearing like a vintage like 50s Boy Scout jacket right now, which is really cool. Um, but I also like contemporary menswear where they, we have that artisan feel on it. And right. that's what has informed the blog, like combining the two, creating your my own style and featuring people who are literally my friends who have the same kind of mindset and uh yeah like that's that's been really cool to kind of like to kind of do you know and like it's kind of defined my life in the past like five years or so so and now i have a podcast too Mm -hmm. doing the same thing talking about clothing um being as rebellious as we want you know there's no sponsorships there either we i think i I literally say i fuck i want to fuck my clothes (laughs) which uh there's more context around that you got to listen to the episode but uh we say stuff like that where you know we don't have um there's no FCC guidelines. There's no there's no yeah. censorship. There's no ad guy saying, "Oh, you can't say it that way." You yeah. know, it's it's just me doing what I want to do and what I want to talk about. And I'm very thankful that there are people who enjoy that and kind of yeah. kind of see it. Every time I get like a comment like that, I think recently a guy, you know, um, who works in the menswear industry, he's like he works at a shop in like Sweden or something. He just said like, "Hey, I've been following you for a little bit. Um, I really like that you." not only work in the space but the way you talk about it is like you're not in the space you know like you're you're kind of like an observer um talking about whatever's going on even though you are involved it's kind of like a cool mm-hmm. kind of way to look at it and I'm like that's exactly what i want because like i i living in la you're still far from the action you know i'm not in new york i'm not in london i'm not in florence with all the other tailors and everything um so I do feel that sense of like, rem- you know, being removed from it, but mm. I technically do work in it and I have a lot of friends and colleagues in the industry. Yeah. And I always think about it as, you know, there's a, that, that like wholesome meme thing where like be the person that you wanted to be in your life like 10 years ago or whatever. And I hope I am that, that person, you know, like I, as a kid or not as a kid, but like in, when I was in college, you know, you see the pictures of pity, right? People walking pity, pity woman was like a trade show for people who don't know. It's a, the menswear trade show um a lot of people around the uh, industry go there photographers enthusiasts bloggers everyone 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 goes there um and i would be like what what is that like you know what is like going there and so uh, i haven't been there yet Mm -hmm. um but i have gone to a lot of menswear events i've been in new york while things have been happening not like fashion stuff but like events at stores where like a guy's launching a book so like we would go there and celebrate it and you would get to meet the tailors get to meet the people at the armory or whatever and being able to like kind of be there as a fly on the wall to like document what's going on, but also be involved in it is something I want to share with people. Yeah. So like after every event, I like I take pictures. Of my I'm I'm my own photographer. I take all the pictures there, edit them, put them in, write like the narrative of what happened, what it was like for me to go there, and then and then share that and show people like, hey, this is what it's actually like to go to those things. Yeah. You know, because people who live in live like live in London or whatever they probably don't read my blog but people who live in like Minnesota read the blog who like happen to like menswear apart from like see, like they want something different than just seeing an influencer wear like a suit from Indochino that was like you know they paid for or Indochino paid them to kind of do it it's native advertising exactly yeah yeah, yeah. it's you know it, it's something a little bit different than that that I've um hope to like cultivate for myself and yeah. for my friends and I it's, it comes from a place of like real genuine enjoyment, you know, which I feel like you, you, you can tell when things aren't genuine, you know. 
Hundred percent. I, I agree with that. You know, I was recently looking through my feed, and uh, I'm pretty confident that no matter what mobile device or brand you're yeah. loyal to for your phone, uh, it's listening to you anyway. Yep. So there was. Uh, I was looking at aluminum suitcases because I remember okay. you know, my grandmother. She lived with us uh, six months out of the year, up pretty much up until the day she passed when I graduated high school, mm-hmm. and I recall she had. Big fucking heavy, sturdy <laughs> Sam's Night luggage. It wasn't aluminum. Uh, tough as nails. They were tanks. I think uh, nowadays, uh, even if you check the bag, it would be uh, a lethal weapon if it fell on you. <laughs> uh, but I just thought, okay, suitcase brands are really big. And, you know, Away had that whole big crazy fiasco recently with their CEO, like mistreating her employees and stuff. But before that, if you look up a listicle about uh, aluminum suitcases, they show up in every single one. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you think as a discerning consumer, which I would consider I'm a bit of a nut when it comes to really looking things up before I, I spend my money or yeah. my time on it, there's something precarious about that. Because uh, if it's a person who is a seasoned traveler yeah. and what they do for a living is really put through the things through the ringer, then there's a bit of uh, legitimacy there. Yeah, there's yeah, some authority yeah, there. Yeah. Then you look at these listicles from reputable business publications, mm-hmm. and you read through the way that they're describing how they're using it, and you can tell that they literally took it on uh, like a a four hour flight, and then they directly Ubered to a hotel. They didn't run it through a cobblestone street. None of they had no chance of ever getting dinged or dented or really yeah, getting yeah, wrecked. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, yeah, this is totally worth your money. In fact, it should be worth three times as much. There's something weird about that. And, you know, more and more, even though I think everybody would like to think that they're not influenced by the amount of ratings, how many stars something is, and all of that, to uh, or how well the photos are taken or edited. That's true. Right? That's true. That that it doesn't influence our, our purchasing behavior. Uh, that's a fucking lie because yep. we're conditioned mm-hmm. to feel that, you know, Back then, you had a handful of magazines. Or if you're in Japan and everyone's a super enthusiast, there's a billion magazines oh, yeah. that do it super well yeah. uh, that talk about the this one thing that makes this pair of shoes or this piece of luggage or this tie or whatever it is um, distinct. But now, everybody has the means of production. Yep. Right? doesn't mean that everybody can uh, do it faithfully from from end to end, but you could probably do something kind of okay quality, or more likely people are just drop shipping a bunch of shit now. That's literally the same digital storefront uh, abroad where people are being paid pennies Mm -hmm. or fractions of a penny to make all of this cheap stuff. Right, yeah. Someone slaps together a really slick website, gets a crap ton of IG followers, now it's scrolling through your feed. 50 impressions later, maybe you buy it. (laughs) And I think you know, what you're doing is a, a really good counterpoint to all of that and not in a pretentious way. So, for yeah, example, yeah. how I think so for people to get an idea of how we met is that we're part of this kind of creative group on Facebook. And I saw you post this thing oh, yeah, about yeah. tailors and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah. this brand. And you said that these people are not professional photographers. They're not really posing. This is just a bunch of really fucking dapper uh, Asian Asian guys who just really know their shit, really passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, it, it shows in the way that that all of the, the clothes fit, how they're put together. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in New York, uh, a shirt brand I like, I don't know if it's 
on trend or not, but I I forgot how I found out about it, but it's called Kamakura Shirt Makers. Oh, no, those are, yeah. yeah. So I walked into the yeah. shop and, uh, you know, I picked up a few shirts while I was over there. And, uh, yeah, everybody in that shop was just dressed to the nines, but not in like a, not everyone's wearing a three-piece suit with a yeah, collar bar yeah, no, and the of course, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody really looked like, oh, yeah, I, I put this on. I didn't have to think too hard about it because I live and breathe this every day. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it's a really good time. And I'm, I am noticing, you know, I do work for a university in my day job. I do notice that younger consumers are beginning to turn a little bit, that they are being a bit more discerning. Mm-hmm. We're all privy and, vic- and potential victims to right. a lot of cheap, unscrupulous shit being sold online. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, I think that's why outdoor brands like Patagonia and all of this stuff have such equity with people because of what it represents. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your mind, in, in the communities you interact with both online and in person and the type of work you do day to day, what do you notice that people are are kind of the big drivers of why people are willing to spend more time, more money, and are so enthusiastic about menswear? Oh, that's a good question and a, a good and a good thought too. Because you know, I like to think that we're all pretty similar. You yeah. know, like when you, when you like something, you will spend the money for it. Like you know, like whether it's whether it's menswear or like maybe it's like your favorite coffee shop or fav- maybe whatever your favorite boba is. shop. I whatever it you is. know, like what yeah, whatever it is. And w- with menswear specifically, I think it's it's in pursuit of a couple of things. Okay. And there's a very there's a very distinct difference. Um, between again, like the two um, financial brackets, which are also could be age brackets in a sure, sense as well. Sure. Um, you know, I think that people who are you know a couple of years older than me, you know, maybe um, I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm 24, so maybe like maybe like 30s or, or or a little bit older than that. You know, they grew up in a time where people didn't dress up, and so being able to dress up is kind of like their form of rebellion in a sense, right? And um, they also have. They also grew up in the age of when like men's warehouse was going to be coming becoming a thing, mm-hmm. and you know, being able to kind of, you know, turn that coffee shop idea of like I'm going to go to this this really great coffee shop or this boba shop or this great restaurant that's like family owned whatever. Translating that to the clothes you're wearing, yeah. I think is the way um, that they get into it. Yeah, you know, um, there's there is that part where like oh you just want like the best fucking thing ever like you know that yeah it's also it's made by an old man in Italy but it's also made of like vicunia which is like the create like, one of the biggest and most expensive luxurious fabrics ever you know there is that aspect of it but in terms of the people that I think that I resonate with and I consider my peers you know it's this idea of we want to be who we are yes you know and wearing a suit kind of gets that across it's it's not that we want to be elegant it's not that we want to be corporate and it's also it's not we want to be trendy or whatever we don't want to be like some like a dapper guy who wants to be like a gentleman all the time like we just genuinely like it we like the silhouette of it we like the way it falls you know we're addicted to the way when when you get your pants perfectly hemmed and they sit right they sit cleanly like wow i want that for like everything that i wear you know it's, it's like that aspect and it's also a little bit of like you know i wouldn't say that we're um immune to like trends of social media because i think that you know while we don't follow influencers per se we do have brands that we like we like drake's we like the armory who you know are tastemakers you know they, yeah, yeah they are artisan people they are artisan brands but they they, they know what they're doing too they, know they, they doing. definitely know what they're doing right. and so being able to see that and be like we, we want to be like that too but do it in our in our own way yeah and you know 
we're not afraid to um we don't have like the brand loyalty that everyone you know like millennials are destroying brand loyalty we, we we're, we're definitely a part of that we don't have to get that look through those brands yes you know we we definitely do it in our own way like my friend i think he i, I like buying vintage levi's um so there's a brand Levi's Vintage Clothing, which makes reproduction versions of Levi's from the olden days. Yeah, you know, very cool, like wide leg, selvage, really rugged kind of stuff. I buy secondhand versions of those. Yeah, um, on eBay, you can still find them. Um, but my friend, who you know, he was a waiter at a restaurant. He buys like ra- like Wranglers at like Walmart. He gets them hemmed, or he gets the right size. And I bet they look great. And they they look great, you know. Um, you know, maybe the quality is a little bit different. Maybe I think some of them have to replace a little bit quicker than mine, obviously, but the look at least is there and he's not treating it as like a fast fashion thing. He will wear it till it breaks apart on him. And he's doing know? it within his means. Exactly. And that's, I think that's a very prudent thing to do. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have, I mean, there's a lot of issues with fast fashion clothing, but on an individual level, you know, like I like going to Uniqlo and I buy sweaters there cause they're made really well for that price range, yeah. you know, and I will wear it till it dies. You yeah. know, I will treat it as if I got like a cashmere cable knit sweater from like, the, like from like Scotland, you know, yeah. if, I mean, if I get there eventually, I would love to buy that too and support those people. But right now I can't do that and I'm doing it within my means, but I will treat it as if it was that, that thing for me. I think you know? that's a great point. You know, I, I actually was one of those people that started off on style form because when I grew up, uh, we didn't have any money, didn't have any clothes mm-hmm. that we bought new. I wore a lot of hand-me-downs. Um, there probably is a jacket like that that I probably <laughs> could have inherited, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the the thought when I was, you know, six years old yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. my uncle's old hand-me-downs would eventually become in vogue again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got, I got bullied like hell, man. I moved to so many different school districts every three months. Kids would make fun of me because I didn't dress like a skater. Oh, no. I would come back to uh, this part of Orange County and then I get I get picked on for not dressing up like a cholo and then I get <laughs> then I get picked on for not having like the Dragon Ball Z shirt so oh, then I go man. to the the Asian uh, mall where you buy like the fake shit yep and what they literally did back then was um I don't see these uh, vending machines as much anymore like but the gachapon stuff the ga- yeah, but it wasn't even a gachapon. It's like the same type of vending machine that you use to buy candy, but it has like okay. toys. And okay, okay, okay. So there used to be these fake Dragon Ball Z trading cards. Yeah. And so I think what those companies, what those fake shirts were, was I think they took the the fake card and then they <laughs> used the early version of yeah. Photoshop and fucking stretched it out. And then they screened oh, no. it on a shirt. Yeah. And, you know, if you go to like a, a, a mall mall and you bought that same dbz shirt that was licensed apparel from bandai yeah it's fucking like 35 bucks yeah you don't have, have that yeah, one's middle school. That. yeah so you go to fucking you know uh footlop top which is like the asian garden mall here in orange county mm-hmm. you buy that shit for eight bucks but then you're getting clowned on because you don't have the That's fucking true. real bandai yeah, shit yeah, it's yeah. like who the fuck cares whether you're wearing the licensed shit or not yeah uh but there's some glaring <laughs> some glaring like bootleg stuff yeah, like yeah. uh sometimes the print was reversed oh no. <laughs> I guess his scout's not on that side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Piccolo's like purple instead of green. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Who cares? But the, for me, it, it was a venture going into raw denim mm. and then eventually, yeah. you know, working in a job where I had to do presentations all the and time. I was raising up. money for a nonprofit. Okay. So I didn't feel comfortable wearing what most college students would wear when they're wearing, when they're going to their first like official right. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only suit I had with this time was the suit my mom bought me to wear to my junior prom and I was always I, was, I didn't reach my growth spurt until I was like in my early 20s <laughs> <laughs> so like the sleeves oh no it was a whole thing and I didn't know anything about tailoring so my f- 
and then beyond that, my first suit suit was mm-hmm. actually uh, a Uniqlo suit. And back at, at that time, Uniqlo was not here on the West Coast yet. It was all in New York yeah. and New Jersey. And so I was living in D.C. at the time. Literally took a bus from Chinatown, D.C., all the way up to New York. A big reason was to actually just buy something for Uniqlo. I did visit some friends. I loved seeing them. Shout out to you for letting me crash with you. But I was there for the suit, man. And it was a a $50 jacket and a $50 pair of pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I took it to a tailor in D.C. And I've tried tailors all across the country in all the cities I've lived. And you know who my favorite tailor is? Hmm. Is a woman who runs a tailoring shop. Shout out to Angel Taylor in Fullerton. It is in a strip mall. It is unassuming. She has one tiny banner. Um, she does same day hems. She used to do patterns for men's suits. See, yeah, that's important. She reads all of the the latest fashion magazines. She knows her stuff. She has literally combated some of the craziest health things you could ever face in in your life. And she's a fucking badass. She's reworked leather jackets, reworked varsity jackets. Yeah, she's yeah. made one varsity jacket that I had that was like an old school one, uh, one size too big. She took it all in. I don't know how she did it. Right? Magic. Reworked everything. And she not only does she do that, but she does it in a way where she can reverse everything. Whoa. That's another level. Yeah. Right? It's not just, okay. Make it smaller. Ham, yeah. taper, you know, adjust all. But she she builds in a certain amount of slack. So if you ever gain a little weight or you want to adjust yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, no matter what you bring into her, she will treat it like it's something that you inherited from your grandparents. Oh, yeah. So that, that to me, really... And working with her and just commissioning a lot of stuff with her over the past five, six years has totally up and opened my eyes about the brand loyalty I used to have right. about things. Yeah. It's like, yes, I, I love this stuff, but sometimes I just can't afford it or I just can't justify yeah. buying like this $1,000 thing. Mm-hmm. I find something that looks like it, inspired by it, tweak it, adjust it, customize it. The way I look at style and not necessarily fashion is it's kind of like music. Mm-hmm. Music production. Yeah. Like some of my favorite songs, some of the favorite songs that we've ever had is sampled stuff. But you don't know that it's a sample unless you really dig. Yeah. And then once you find out what it is, and then you find out that some of today's best music producers are literally producing on their phone. Yep. It opens up your eyes. It's not about excluding people. Yeah. Right? So if I see someone that's dressed in a way that I, I really dig, I'm going to compliment. I'm going to reach yeah. out. Uh, meeting people like you encourages me to take it another level and say, hey, <laughs> I have these platforms that I use to express myself. What if I could use that to help express that in, yeah. in, a, in a unique way that feels intrinsic to me? Um, but yeah, so now I, I like to combine a little bit of that that punk energy with a bit more of that men's style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a lot of my heritage too. Like I have a lot of kurta tunic type stuff that I like to play with mm-hmm. proportions, kind of like an engineered garments type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I went to Japan for the first time with my girlfriend, aside from getting attacked viciously by a billion mosquitoes. Oh, my God. And it's like ancient, ancient mosquitoes who hang out in the in the temples and stuff. Oh, so no. couldn't walk. <laughs> uh, I learned about all the best aspirins and creams. Oh, God. And, oh, uh, my God. But beyond that, every store I went to, yeah. no matter whether it was like a crazy thing where they only produce like five pieces a year or even like a GU, which is an offshoot of Uniqlo in Japan. Everybody is just impeccably dressed, and it's a, a, a sense of pride. It's a sense of ownership. Yeah. It's a sense of stewardship that I find really refreshing. And it's not like we don't have it here in the States. 
Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about all of these communities that you participate yeah. in and to hopefully start going to more stuff myself because for me, it's always been a struggle. I've always dressed this way when I could finally afford to do so, mm-hmm. but I never thought to congregate with other people because I, I never felt like I was in the same league. You know, because That's people would list stuff out, like on the style forum side, people would, it's like, I got my Carmina double monk shoes. <laughs> I got my uh, uh, LBM 1911 jacket. I got this, this, and that. And it's literally like a fucking mortgage payment on their body. Yeah. And then I come in and it's like a, a hodgepodge of stuff. Right. Yeah. It's like some of it's maybe not fast fashion, but some of it's not approved on these lists. Right. I'm not blaming any one group or community, but sometimes it does feel that way. Well, yeah, I think that's an interesting point because yeah. LA, yeah, there are people who dress like the way we do, but LA is, again, so far removed right. that it's an interesting, you know, it's it's so different, right? right? You know, um, these people are like, they're hiding, right? They mm-hmm. do it at work, but they don't they don't engage a lot. Yeah. And that was one thing I wanted to combat too because I'm like, yeah. if I can go to these things, you can do it too. You know? I love it. Yeah. Like I mean I might wear Aldens now. Yeah. But back then I did I wore like secondhand Allen Edmonds. Yeah. You know? And you know, that's why I wanted to show people what it was like to go to these things. And the cool thing is that because it was so um so small, right. it was kind of like my way of like kind of forming the community in a sense. Like mm-hmm. I was like, Well, you know, I don't see guys wearing Carminas here, even though Carmina is in this store, you right. know. I'll invite my friends who are just regular guys. And then if that can inform what the community is like in L.A., more people will come. You know, because yeah. we, we, it's easy for us to get along with the guys who are above us. Like, I can, I know Carminas. I know tailoring. I can talk with them. They might not be able to be, like, on our level or, like, going to Uniqlo or something. Yeah. But that, that's easy. But the part for me was, like, I want to bring in people like me. Yeah. That way, you know, and eventually you can be aspirational if you want to or you don't have to be. You can keep doing what you want to do, you know? That's right. And that's, that's like, that's a big thing to me because, like, I, I was in that same thing. I would, like, at college, I was, like, the only person who, like, dressed up at yeah. all. You know, I might, might be a little bit too much for being a college student at, like, 18 years old, you yeah. know, wearing a tie. I did not date anyone in college. I don't blame them because no one wanted to be with that guy. I was a very late bloomer as well. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? It, it takes... <laughs> it's like that, uh... It's like that super, uh niche Japanese whiskey that everyone's digging it just fucking takes time for certain people man you just you gotta ripen you know what I'm saying you just gotta cure yeah that's all it was no yeah no that's that's it I mean I'm not a Lothario now but you know it's it's better than it (laughs) was I bet bet you're doing okay I'm I'm, I'm all right you're doing okay um but when I was in college I met a guy named uh, Raj and he he he's from the east coast Mm. and he definitely had a very preppy I know more preppy than me because like I'm, I'm west coast we don't have prep as much here right and so um we we, we we became friends and it was the first time i'm like i have a friend who actually dresses like up and has an own sense of style you know mm-hmm. like it's not informed by being um corporate or trying to be professional you know obviously as a business student you would be around business majors who yeah. would dress up who would like oh i've got an interview i gotta go to my job after this you know mm-hmm. it wasn't like that it was so like he would wear like a polo shirt tucked into like slacks with like penny loafers i'm like and that was cool to me like being in la um i was into vintage but then the other half of la is kind of like uh you know very influencer you know like you wear like super tight pants cropped up super high which i wasn't really into either so like seeing a guy like that who was doing like this classic americana thing who is indian was a big deal to me you know and so you know becoming friends was like yeah we got to make sure that we make this community you know bigger and inclusive of people and you know that's that's one 
mission of mine to continue and, and that's why I love going to events I love representing those kinds of people yeah and uh, and, and and educating other people as well because like like you mentioned earlier uh, we were, were in this Asian creative group and I was bored I was at work I was like you know what I'm gonna write about this this thing real quick and it's um, like we said it's a Korean tailoring um, house that's been around since the 60s too and um, like the the children of, of Master Park that's not his name that's that's what I call him because he's the, the head tailor um, they're younger guys and they obviously use social media and use Tumblr and um, one of them happened to be not a photographer he happened to have a camera and he just has a natural eye for stuff and starts taking pictures and it got kind of famous on Tumblr you know being Taylor kind of got big but the reason why I shared in the ACN is that you know I feel like people have this you know an interesting view of what menswear is you know yes. in America right and ACN I think there's a lot of Asian Americans there's people from all over obviously but there is that kind of group that I'm trying to like trying to educate and, and trying to show to um, where when you see you don't see Asian guys wearing suits as much maybe maybe different now that like you know Henry Golding is on GQ and all that kind of stuff yeah, it's, it's a little you know, bit different in, in the K-pop space they're wearing a suit but maybe not the type of suits that you're going to meticulously go into detail exactly yeah. you know it's still informed by fashion trends influencer kind of stuff yeah. and there's if, if that's what you want to do there's nothing wrong with it but you know you have that kind of view and especially like um like I go on our street where on Reddit a couple times, and mm-hmm. even though I like what they're wearing, they might they don't they sometimes don't like what guys in suits are wearing because it's a little bit yeah. you know, it's a little bit weird. You know, you're kind of you're like the man to them. You know, you're the establishment, even if you're not. You know, yeah. you're you're just as punky as they are. That's you know, right. in, in the heart. Um, but you know, showing you know fellow Asian people like there are people who dress like me who are not corporate was a is a big deal to me because Dig you it. know you you. There are people like me out there, you know. Yeah. There are people in Japan who are like me. I mean, Japan is a huge thing. They love American fashion. They're you know classic American trad stuff, and they they don't have the wasp uh, connotation to it. They don't. No. They they you know. There's a book called Amitora, which is great. It's about how Ivy style um, took over Japan. You know, these guys just saw people at like Harvard and were like, "That's cool. That's American." You know, it's also a little bit you know anthropo- not uh, more sociological about like you know post war yeah. American occupation, right? You know, and you could maybe call it like Stockholm syndrome in a sense, right? Yeah. But they embraced it without like they're not they're not fame they're not rich they don't have mansions and they would spend all their money getting these World War II chinos and they're and not influencers and they're not they're not you know and that's that's a, that's such a huge thing you know yeah. and showing people that you know a lot of I think a lot of Asian and pe- Asian American people who dress up I, that I've seen tend to be influencer types yeah they don't have like the kind of artisan mindset that I have. And so, yeah, showing showing people that um, the B and Taylor thing, you know, was a big deal. Not just because they're Asian men wearing suits that are not in, you know, that are not influencers, but like the cut of the suits are different too. They're wider, yeah, extended shoulders, they're soft shoulders, they're wide lapels. Everything you would associate about being, you know, old school, stodgy, stodgy, you yeah. know, um, you know, old money kind of thing. They they don't have that, and no. and showing people like you can dress like this, you know, just like I do, and not have those things you can do yeah. it as from a form of uh, from a place of genuine um uh from being genuine yeah you know that and that, that's a big thing and i haven't i told people i see i was going to do it as like a series i haven't been able to do it since i accidentally posted in subtle asian aesthetics by accident yeah because i'm in that too and i'm like wait these people don't know what i'm talking about because i didn't do it there yet I'm gonna, yeah, yeah yeah you know but it's like that's this continuing thing and um it's been interesting because as i've become more confident in my style 
I, I, there's a thought in the back of my head, like, when is this going to stop, right? Like, am I ever going to run out of things to talk about? Yeah. But then things like this happen, we're like, I'm never done, you no, know? No, no. Like, it, it's, it's so, it's like, I've, I don't write about, like I said before, I don't write about basic things. I don't write about, like, top 10 things you should wear to a job interview or, you know, what to wear to New Year's. Like, I don't care about that shit. Here's what I wore to New Year's. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to do it because, like, I wear yeah. something different yeah, yeah, each yeah. time or, you know, I have, I've, like, um, been able, fortunate to find a couple of cool dinner jackets on eBay that let me dress up pretty cool for mm-hmm. certain events and everything. Give yourself a little crushed velvet moment or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's it comes from a place, you know, where I don't, I don't feel the need to, like, I'm not, I'm not educating in a sense of, like, I'm not like dictating that you should do this, but I'm showing you a different way to look at something. Yeah. And that to me, cause like I didn't have that when I was growing up, yeah. you know? Same. Um, and, uh, to, to kind of go back, like I, I wore a uniform, you know, K through 12 and everything. And, um, un- we didn't have teasing per se, but there are some people who rocked uniform better than other people. Sure. You know, maybe they didn't get there. We're supposed to go and get our uniform at like a uniform shop. But you could go to Hot Topic and get like skinny, slim fit chinos. Right. You know, and it, the teachers might not care, you yeah. know, or maybe if they did, they didn't say anything. But there are people who like looked good in uniform. I didn't. I wore like the baggy ass chinos that yeah. I was supposed to buy. And so, you know, the, my whole life has been like trying to break out of that mold a little bit. And now yeah. I wear baggy chinos, but they're not baggy. They're like they're full cut. But, yeah. you know, they're, they're exactly the way I want them to be. Hmm. Um, but I think that that's like it's been super interesting to like kind of do that do that whole thing yeah you know and um i mean i was teased in college like i said earlier not like maybe not teased but just kind of not included in a lot of things yeah. you know yeah um, um so i'm very i would i would also say that me creating the blog and creating this community is a way for me to create my own friends in a sense like no, I, I really think <laughs> i really dig it you know um i'm i'm 32 mm-hmm. and i have i have been through many iterations of following a trend chasing different things right and a lot of that was just a reaction of i didn't have any friends growing up took me a while to really find my footing right yeah i was yeah. a band geek in high school look if you get a mohawk that your mom cut for you you play the french horn and you started a break dancing club where you try to do powerpoints on the origins of hip-hop you're not <laughs> one you're not having a robust romantic life uh, <laughs> two you're a little bit of an oddball yeah right uh, at the same time i also did uh musicals in high school i did grease and i was ebenezer scrooge in a hell christmas yeah, carol hell yeah uh that shit was not hype that shit was not nope, hot no, um no it was not the most amount of money i spent uh before really figuring out all this style stuff was i was trying to dress uh in middle school i had this cool guy who took me around and cool by the sense that he literally scooped me up and <laughs> took me around a lot of his like Korean gangster friends in Garden Grove. We'd go to PC cafes and play Counter Strike, and he taught me about how to wear these fila shoes, how to stuff your sneakers, like oh. keep your keep your dickies creased. And you know, needless to say, that phase didn't last very long. Because uh, have you ever heard of a rumble? No. Uh, I'm pretty sure someone's. Someone may have a, a beef with this, but this is my lived experience. Yeah. So you'd have guys who are just like really angry because everyone's going through puberty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they would pick fights, but uh-huh. then they'd be very organized. So I was like, hey, I'm going to beat your ass. But I'm going to beat your ass in front of the movie theater this Friday at 1 p.m. Bring your crew. I'm going to bring my crew. What the And hell? we would. Uh, and so I got looped into this because I was sucked into this thing. Oh, my I had, God. I didn't know these guys. So he said, bring bring a weapon and be, care, be prepared Whoa. to like, fight. Oh, my God. So then, God. you know, I'm wearing these big, big-ass dicky pants that I bought out of 5 for 10. 
and uh, we had like a shoe rack at home that we had from like Ikea or Walmart or something. So I take off at the flat side yeah, of, the, yeah. of the shoe rack, I stuff in my pants, show up to the rumble. Uh, obviously the cops knew this was coming from a mile away. Yeah. So the, they see the cop cars, everyone just kind of dissipates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, the reason I mention that is this cool guy exposed me to hip hop for the first time, rap music. I was into Nelly and Sean Paul and all that stuff. Uh, and I was trying to dress like that. I had a do-rag. I had big baggy pants. I would wait at the end of the year, go to Macy's with my friend, buy all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I, I graduated out of that phase, became not not a crazy sneakerhead, but mm-hmm. I would look at one of my favorite photography books is by this photographer named Jamal Shabazz. Okay. And the book is called Back in the Days. It's not a fashion book. It's not a style book, but it's a snapshot in time of what New York was like in the 80s. Oh, I, I love those during more the, than like fashion. During the whole hip-hop era. Up, yeah. I, I finally bought a, a hardcover copy myself. I got it from the library at the time that across from my high school. And it, it showed people in tailored suits mm-hmm. with the big chain, Kangol hat, yeah, yeah. shell toes, all this stuff, uh, a, a wide variance of yeah. style. And I wanted so badly to do that. Didn't know how to do it, so the first thing I started with was track jackets because that mm. was in direct correlation to me learning how to dance at the time. I learned how to pop and break and do yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I had some friends that did that, and that was kind of our unifying thing. And then we went to L.A. where we learned from, we called them OGs, who would teach you how to do the more advanced popping styles and stuff. They had a certain style. They were hush puppy loafers with a strap, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't yeah. interfere when you're doing certain ground moves, baggy slacks. Um, you'd wear a bandana under a fedora, uh, white gloves, a big baggy silky dress shirts, the whole thing. So it, it was a lot of kind of trial and error and transformation. And, you know, after doing all of this for almost 15 years now, I've been in it since I was a teenager. Now I, I find myself vacillating between extremes and mm. just loving to just push the periphery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things that I bought was literally within the last half hour we had left the shopping in Japan and I bought, it was a women's leopard coat, but it looks both good on me and much better on my girlfriend. But it's just this crazy garish outlandish <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I buy a lot of stuff from Japan whenever I can find it used and stuff and it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the things I'm most proud of are not things that I post a lot about, but a friend of mine asked me to pick out a suit He's a you, are you a Toastmasters like the public speaking? Yes, I've heard. Yeah. So he's he's a badass at it. He's gone international, does the whole thing, and he wanted to look really good. And you know, I the way I express myself during my day job is to wear whatever I like and just you know mix styles and mm-hmm, all of that. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Hey, would you go shopping with me?" So I went there. I didn't do the whole. I'm holding up my phone right now. It's like, hey guys, this in this episode, I'm gonna make this. I'm not Tan France. Nope. I don't have that charisma. No. At, <laughs> but you know, we went to a store, picked out a good suit, sent him to that same lady that I work with, and he felt like a million bucks. My brother, you know, we over the past few years we've really been uh, fortifying our relationship. My older brother, and he said, hey, would you help me? So. Didn't go anywhere fancy. Literally went to the the outlets orange here, found a, a suit and a good fabric and a pattern that worked for him. Yeah. Sent him to the same person. Done. Done. I've been sending tons of people to her, and it's not just about her, but helping people understand without being confident in myself to blog or write a post about it, but doing it indirectly just through friends and people yeah. I know. It's been really gratifying. You know, a friend asked me to style him for a music video. I was so fucking scared. It's like, I don't. 
I would consider myself a stylist. I'm just a dude that is obsessed with this stuff because it's it's how I express myself. Right. 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 So I did it. I literally set up uh, a garment rack uh, in my apartment and had these people come over. Had all my coats, jackets, shoes, jewelry, everything just laid out everywhere yeah. across my apartment. And everything that I pulled out got picked up. Wow. We literally finished it in like an hour and a half. And then I dressed both my buddy, who's a, a guy, and then his friend, who's a counterpart in the video, a girl, like her stuff. Because I have a mix of men's and women's clothes. I got no problem yeah. with that. Because uh, if I like it, I like it. And so Doesn't it, matter. It, was, it was really fun in that I did that this year. Uh, literally walked around after picking out an outfit for my friend, took a few photos at a local school, and then that got picked up for a review of one of the songs that he put out cool like that it it's i'm really amazed how aware you are of yourself at 24 because i'm 32 and i feel like i'm finally learning what people probably already have in your generation at like 18 you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah you know? yeah so even though i may be behind i feel that i there's there was no way i was ever going to get to this point being able to have a conversation about this reach out put myself out there had I not tried all those other things, had I not been more kind of open with no, yeah, you know, that, what I didn't know. No, yeah, no, I mean, that's important because, I mean, like, the reason why I like to build community is because I know that I don't trust my own individual, like, sense of, st- like, not sense of style, but, like, I like being exposed to other ideas 100%. all the time. Yeah. And I would not be, like, the, the person I am today without those friends who, like, if we went shopping or going to, like, going to Rose Bowl, you know, same thing. Like, we go there, I try and go there once, say, uh, it's it's the second Sunday of every month. Check it out if you're in LA. It's it's super cool, um, but like, they could pull out something and they'd be like, "Oh, this is super cool." It doesn't fit them. Ethan, try it on. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I'll try it on and I'll and I'll like it." You know, right. or or like you know, I I don't think I um, this might be a little bit of a backtrack, but like when I was getting into vintage menswear, I soon kind of overcorrected and went to like super influencer mm. type of style, like mm-hmm. super kind of short jackets. Because I mean, not only was that like the right thing to do to get famous, but like I wanted to show that I was different yes. from just vintage people. Of course. And then I wouldn't be able to find like classic men's where, where like you can get ideas from both without meeting people who, you know, maybe took a chance and like said, hey, Ethan, your style's cool. And you follow them back or, or, or you just, you check out, you know, the armory. It's, it's a big thing deal to me where, you know, you see that and like, wow. I wouldn't have been able to do like where I am today without those people. And, you know, and now like um, wearing like that, that um, the red Boy Scout jacket because my friend pulled it out and I was like, that's cool. I'm going to try it on. And yeah. then you, you do it that way. And, you know, being able to like be around things, um, people, places, brands that can influence you and, you know, expose you to a new thing. Because I think that, um, you know, being by yourself is not it's not the best, not just socially, but mm. just like you know even in work you kind of you need criticism you need you need someone to like look at your stuff and give you feedback otherwise if you're just doing your own thing you don't learn you don't you don't get better you don't you know you don't make the mistakes you know or no one's telling you that it is a mistake yeah you know and that's that's a huge deal to me um that i that's why i keep trying to meet new people all the time you know Mm -hmm in the Asian group. Like I just joined all these, I, I joined subtle Asian dating like this year. Apparently yeah. that's been a thing for a while, yeah. uh, but I didn't know about it till then, you know, and seeing all the, you know, new memes, even if it's, you know, in, in, enhancing your sense of humor yeah. is also fun too. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it's kind of funny that, uh, cause like you said, like you enjoy style, like you, you, you enjoy doing that. Right. 
I, I kind of don't like doing that, which yeah. is interesting. Like, I mean, I like writing about it, but I like people forming their own opinions on it. When people yeah. just straight up ask me to do it, I like kind of recoil because I'm like, I don't like being that person to tell you. Like, oh, yeah. Or put this on. Or, yeah, or try yeah, this, yeah, you yeah. Know? I think that I mean maybe it's because it's a little bit a little bit of arrogant of me. Like you can read the blog and you can read. I write a lot. Like mm-hmm. I write thousands of you know yeah. thousands of words. You know just about ber- wearing a beret. You know like why I like it. But I'm like maybe if you read it, you'll be able to kind of form your own opinion and then try it on for yourself. Hundred percent. But if you ask me to just dress you, I'm like I. Don't, it's also like I don't know where to start. You yeah. know. And I think that. Um, but I think if anyone's listening who is interested in that kind of thing, I think that finding the communities looking at your own stuff your own interests can inform your sense of style because like, absolutely you will like i mean i love that about skaters and punks like they it's a lifestyle thing you know it's it's a music thing it's you know but it's it's a it's an art thing it's also a fashion thing like there are things associated with that that you can pull in you know yeah it and, is no it is no mistake that people keep digging from those communities for oh, more inspiration oh, oh yeah you know and especially if you if you know, i hope that if you dress like them you are a part at 100%. Least, you, know, you know um i mean i'm not a super punk but like i i mean i could say that uh, i have like communistic ideals and everything yeah. like that um but finding what inspires you i think is the biggest thing and i i think that i don't want to say that people are scared of it but i think that people don't know where to look you know you hit the nail on the head i i, I think it's it's a fear because of how meticulously curated everything is now and the yes. and the backlash of not having the things that are intentionally done not at scale and right. made to be exclusionary. So if you wear anything that is remotely similar to the thing that is supposed to be coveted, you are now less of a person of of equity. Right. So no, yeah. it's it, it's fucking scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. You know? So to be an individual now, truly an individual without any pretense to it is what ha- everybody used to have to do. Right. Right. But now because we have this thing that we've all bought into, it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. It's very scary. You it, know? Yeah, no, it, it is. And yeah. I think, I, I mean, like, like I keep saying is like the theme is like, that's why I'm here. You know, I, yeah. I use my platforms to try and, you know, show people everything that I believe in, you know, All whether it's the clothes, whether it's maybe my political ideas every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but also like the sense of individuality and finding, finding that thing, you know, yeah. like all my friends, we all might like the Armory and Bryson's, but the way we interpret it is all very different. That's right. And the, and the way we source the things that are inspired by those things are different. Like I'm, I I don't make a lot of money, but sometimes I could buy something from the Armory, you know. But my friend might not be able to do that. But then we can find, you know, shoes that look like those things. You can find yeah. split toe shoes that are from Allen Edmonds that are, you know, that look like the Carminas in a sense, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's 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 really it's really interesting to see like, like the world that we live in now where like you said everything is kind of curated and you know I like to be like fuck you to all that kind of stuff because yeah. you know I why would you want to be oh, I hate curating your own life too it's know? a weird it it feels weird to me I know it's not it's not a judging of anybody that yeah. does do it yeah um, but it it does feel weird to me and I think that's why I've always had a fear of coming off expressing this part of myself about how i dress and all of that and that's the reason why i don't do listicles about tips and all that people have suggested that i do those things and then they we were talking about this before we started recording but it's like hey why don't you become this (laughs) yeah right uh so for me i only do it the same thing with like this whole wedding officiating stuff i don't advertise that i will never do it for people i don't know i've only done that thing for people that i i love and i care about and Mm -hmm. that i 
I also give them options. It's like, hey, here's the template. Here's the script. Here's all this stuff. Really think about it because if I know it's a big deal. It's like yeah. you're probably paying out the nose for a wedding photographer to do all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be in every fucking photo at the front uh, of that you gazebo. Want you want this? You want this? sure you want this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so when they really want me to do it, I do it. Same thing with picking out the thing. I will not dress or make suggestions for people I don't know. It just yeah, does yeah, not make no, sense no. to me. Yeah. I have no desire to be a stylist for strangers. I think it would be interesting to meet people who do do that for a living, learn about how they do it. Maybe there's some like secret sauce to how they figure that Apparently, out. Apparently, yeah, no. I'm sure there must be. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, but beyond beyond just the the curiosity and the inquiry of that, I don't have a desire to be like the it fashion guy or the it style guy. But I, having met you and having had this conversation today, I do feel a bit more emboldened to be willing to put myself out there, go to more things, check stuff out, ask more questions. I did it a lot when I was your age, mm. you know, and a little bit younger too. But at some point, I think I got really scared that someone at my age needs to have their shit figured out. Oh, no. They, no. We need to be like, uh, maybe you don't need to be Qui-Gon Jinn, but you got to at least be like you McGregor, uh, Obi-Wan, <laughs> uh, because cause now, you, now you're supposed to be something for someone else. But, you know, having the, in the last conversation I had with, uh, Ava Kula Epaulette and just seeing the genesis of that brand and what they're doing, how yeah, they survived. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to our to your point about just the whole cloud thing, the the one person that I know that follows you uh, outside of Ava is um, is my buddy Trish, and my buddy Trish is a is a very very fashionable, very stylish, very unique person. Okay, who is a uh, a very talented denim designer. Oh, and, uh, but they follow you. Oh, that's yeah. Interesting. So that so the fact that that's the only person <laughs> I know that's, but that person's opinion means so much to me. Oh like yeah. Like their their eye on things. We've been geeking out on shit since I've known her for almost ten years now. So uh, it's yeah, it's it's a really it's been a really fun conversation. Learning more about your yeah, journey, definitely. What your intentions are. I think you're doing a lot of great stuff for for the local scene. Thank because, you. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I mean I think we're we're living in a time where it's easier to kind of do armchair friend friendship building yeah and that shit just doesn't work for the long haul because nope. you just don't get to really know people yeah so i think it's dope i uh, would love to to continue this conversation see where your journey goes but definitely uh, this is the part where if people want to have a shameless plug please do so oh cool. uh, what what do you want to share where can people find you and uh wh- what's your kind of ending message for this episode sure um well if they want to follow me you can follow me on instagram at ethan m wong that's also my venmo uh you know <laughs> if uh, <laughs> any any sugar daddies out there sugar, sugar mamas uh whatever you know yeah. um uh but yeah everything is on there like the link to my blog is on there my podcast is at style and direction it's all spelled out mm-hmm. um that's uh it's pretty fun um you can hear me and my friend spencer I kind of market it as Comedy Bang Bang, which is an improvisational fake talk show combined with some menswear. That's basically what I call it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, the, the, uh, you can find me there. And, um, yeah, I mean, come out come out to some cool stuff. If you're in L.A., definitely stop. Uh, I, I try and uh, broadcast as many events as I can I, that I go to, Dapper Day stuff. You know, I think L.A. is fortunate because it's so far removed that it's open to people. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not going to like LA Fashion Week, you know, I'm not doing that, but I'm going to a store that has a visiting artisan brand that I like and that's totally open. You can walk in, bring go to Starbucks right before and I'll be there. I'll take your picture cuz I like 
photographing people I meet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely do that. If you're not in there, you know, you can find my blog on my uh, on my Instagram that you can like read all about. You know, if you're in New York, I mean, there's so many places. I think that you know, if you if you're into this whole thing, I would really implore you guys to kind of like be the individual that you want that you want to be. Totally. You know. I you know don't care about Instagram clout don't care about social clout I mean dress for your contacts I'm not saying you know wear a three piece suit but you're you know you want to be an uh, like a, a car engineer you know right. you can't really do that yeah but there are ways to kind of achieve the look that you're looking for that's right um, as long as you can you know, just think about it expose yourself to a bunch of new things go on Reddit go on Mail Fashion Device you know um, I'd say do that more than going to your Instagram Explore page because I don't trust the algorithm to uh, <laughs> you know we can talk we talked about before about paid advertising you know that's yeah. what, you know but like go go on go on Mail Fashion Device on Reddit go on our street where find right. what you're into combine things and um, think about think about what you're wearing because you know you could I mean we could you could die in it you could do that or but I mean like I I think that you should walk out the door confident and happy in whatever you're wearing absolutely I, I wear I wear sweatpants and I love my sweatpants I have hoodies they're vintage hoodies from like the 50s that I found and I love those things I will wear it because I'm proud of those things yeah and having that feeling I think is what everyone should have you know fantastic yeah well, thank you again for coming on the episode. Thank, yeah, thank you, you. To, to all the listeners. Uh, thank you to my buddy Dave Jiley for providing us uh, the tunes for our show. Thank you to my buddy Jackie Cow for creating the artwork because if you've seen my free hand, you would <laughs> definitely be able to tell who who actually drew this and designed this and who did it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we will see you next time and uh, have a great day, everybody. Yeah. Thank you.